Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for a bonus episode of this awesome show that we call The Heroes O Noise. I am only one half of this. I am Steve. Welcome to the bonus episode. Today we are discussing us, ladies and gentlemen. As in Dan and Steve. I need a lozenge, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with your voice, Doc? I don't know. Okay, it's over. You're good at freaking impersonation. Dude, you can do this. Before we get going, I cannot. You can do, yes, I cannot. let's demonstrate. No, I All you have to do, just go <gasps> like that. I can't. Come on, humor me. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, my first impression. Come on, buddy. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Like, I wonder what the first line Just was. Just say, good oh. morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Good morning. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's scary. Good evening. Is it really? Yeah, man. See, you've got it. No, I don't, because I've been trying walking for about a month. You had it in your heart all along, man. All you have to do is just look into your backyard. There that's it is. That's what I got to do. I'm, I'm going to do walking, and I'm working on Denzel. You've been working on Christopher Walken? Yeah, because remember, we're supposed to be doing it this year sometime. But you've been working on it. No, I've been working on walking because I think if you get walking, there is no person on the face of the planet you can't imp- that you can't do. Once you get him, everyone else is going to be like, a, okay, I can get this too. Because walking is the, I think he's the pinnacle. Yeah, I don't think it gets any harder than him. Because I don't know what they're doing. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Even freaking Dave Grohl. Well, Dave like, can do how anything. How does he have? He can, dude. He really can. But that's when he did the Foo Fighters, I was like, he sounds just like him. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't do it. It's too hard. A Foo Fighters. <laughs> it was so good. You, you, before we start, yes. you said, which, which one did you say does it better? You like Jay Moore's better or the other guy, Kevin Pollock? Kevin Pollock, by far. It's weird how good he Because he do, Jay Moore does an impression of an impression of Christopher Walken. Kevin Pollock does an impression of the man, Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's so weird to hear him do it. Like, even his pauses are weird. But Jay Moore does impressions of a funny impression of him. So, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, it took us exactly one minute to get off course. We were just saying right before we got on, and, yes, no tangents. <laughs> and here we are. This is Dan's fault because he did such a good job. So, Dan, this movie, it, it's kind of unfair what we're doing today. Number one, because you saw it a second time, you're going to know some dope stuff. Number two, I'm totally biased and I'm not going to find anything wrong with this movie. (laughs) I think I actually covered what I thought was wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it, first of all. I'm just going to... Spoilers, you guys. I don't find anything really wrong with this movie. There's just a few things where you have to go like suspension of disbelief path. And the thing is, I think it's a... It's so funny because we do this with every horror movie. There's a suspension, like Freddy Krueger, there's a suspension of disbelief there where you just have to be like, okay, he's a monster that comes in your dreams. And I don't know why it doesn't cross over. Like Jordan Peele is making you say, you take that same thought into my world. He's creating a universe, dude. Yes. Like this is not a earth situation. He's creating a horror universe and we're not quite ready for that yet at all. He's, it's kind of strange. <laughs> kind of weird, dude. I know what you mean, but I think this is very much a non... I don't know if it's an alternate universe. I think this might be his 
representation of what a possible apocalypse could be like. You seeing it last night. First of all, how was the crowd? The crowds have been great both times that I've seen them. And they've been kind of small just because of the times that I've gone. But yes, it was great because everyone reacted at the right spots. Dude, it's weird. Yeah. They do. They do. Dude. And everyone came out with that, huh, look on their face. Yeah. And the, and what's good about this one is that some movies are so hard to grasp when you walk out. Um, I keep talking mm -hmm. about the movie Captive State. And I can't compare Captive State to us. It's There's just no comparison. But most people walked out of that movie scratching their heads. Like, I don't know what's what happened, and I don't really think I'm going to find out what happened. What's good about us, and I can now say it from a second viewing, is that you tend to gain a little bit more each time you see it because the narrative changes. That's true, because now you know. The second time that you go back, you already kind of know what's up to some degree, and you're able to start going. I, like That's what I did is I started looking in the background and looking around and seeing the little hints that were right in front of our faces, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. They're right there mm. in front of us, some of them. Jordan mm. Peele said straight up that he doesn't want you to know everything, which makes a lot of sense because he has a whole mythology about this. Uh, there's a great interview. I talked about it yesterday. There's a great interview on Empire Podcast. The Empire Podcast, I believe is what it's called. Empire Magazine. And he talks for probably about 30 minutes. And he breaks down some really cool things. And he gives his side of you know where he was coming from with that and what he wants you to know, what he doesn't want you to know. It's very interesting. Oh, you listened? I did. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, dude, I got to listen. I really got It's a short it. listen and it's just really informative. So I recommend checking it out. So there's nothing he's like, he's he's there's nothing according to the interview that he's just like, I wish I could have done this. He's like, no, everything I wanted you to know, I put it in the film. Pretty much. And there's areas where wow. he'll back off. Like the the journalist wow. will get, you know, he'll be talking to him and then you'll hear him sort of start to back off. And he even says, he's like, if I back off, it's for a reason. He's like, I know exactly what I want you to know. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, but I, I know exactly what I want you to know. And quite honestly, he doesn't even know what he's going to do with this. I guess he could technically just leave it alone and let us guess for the rest of the Totally. But I think that he's going to end up filling it all in. Like I said yesterday, what I would really like to see is him do... How many movies did you say he was planning on doing? Four. Okay, so if he does four movies and he keeps them all in this universe and then somehow just sort of drops everything in the last one to where it all fits together in this really cool way, we don't have to have all the answers still. But I think that would be so awesome as opposed to seeing like us two. That I totally get. And I think for, for me, if he somehow... And he's not saying he's going to do this. But if he somehow makes it so that Get Out is in this world, yes. I will say he it's over. He is probably the king at this point. And I think it's totally possible, man. Oh, totally. Totally. Let's take Get Out for a second. Yes. There were things that we got a lot of answers on, and then there's other things where we kind of don't know exactly why they were doing them. Uh, we're not going to get yes. into Get Out, but we're just talking about the end results of the movie. When we find out what's going on in Get Out, this has apparently Otherwise been going on get, for quite a put. long time. What'd you say? Otherwise known as Get Put. <laughs> Got a great listener out there that uh, has seen a whole other movie. It's called Get Put. I like Get Put. It sounds like something you do when you go to the club. It sounds amazing. Yes, it sounds amazing, dude. Going out to the club and getting put as fuck tonight. Get put, buddy. Man, but uh, yeah, like, go ahead what you were saying. Now I got to remember what I was totally. saying. Uh, let's see. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. There's so much that they want you to realize at the end of Get Out. But it's like, okay, they give you, here are the answers, but you don't know how you got there in the first place. You don't know the mythology behind it, the history behind their experimentations or whatnot. And us really tends to jump into, oh, by the way, guys, spoiler as hell this time. We're going to just spoil yes. it. So we're not going to go a full on every detail breakdown, but we're going to spoil this thing. So you have been warned. And Get Out.
and get out and get out. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna have to draw some comparison from there. Not that there's a lot, but in us, there is a presence of government activity. Mm -hmm. We don't really know exactly who is responsible for the actions of get out the experiments and whatnot, who actually started that. Right. So that's what I'm getting at is that this could be part of the mythology. Oh, dude. We don't know. Oh, if he does that, if he does that, I'm full of it. I'm just guessing, but I think that's where he's going. Oh, dude. Cause we only think we only saw this from a, like them in that little chateau in the forest. This happening on get out. Right. If it's a worldwide phenomenon, dude, or at least an American thing, Oh, please do this. Please. I mean, if he's going to stick to this, I get it. He wants to do four movies and get out because he only has three. He only has four movies in his brain that he really wants to get off of his chest. Right. But I mean, look, I get it. I get why he's doing it because Twilight Zone looks incredible. It just looks incredible. Yeah, I think it's got me by the balls, dude. I think I'm going to just have <laughs> to mean, suck it up and get the freaking service because I can't oh. miss anything that Jordan Peele's doing. Gee, let's, why don't we just wait till it's done? No. Are you crazy? And be out of the conversation for an entire season? There's no oh, way. Oh, you're right. You're right, dude. I can't do that. People are, are going to be making, like, they're going to have, like, a sunken place quote that we're going to be like, what's that? What's that? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to be saying, that dude's in the blah, blah, whatever. And we're going to be like, what? huh? Like, <laughs> what? Am I missing something? Yes. We, yeah, he might make one of those quotes. That everyone now uses. And the Kamel Nanjiani one looks great. Homeboy looks great. I forgot the dude's name. But that one looks good. I'm just like, oh, it might be a problem. So I get why he'll say, I can now just sit back and do these amazing ideas. But dude, I want this universe, though. These are two different directors. They're completely different. But you know how Quentin Tarantino tends to drop little things from his movies into other movies like that? Like the Vegas, for instance. He could totally do this with with uh, Twilight Zone. So yeah, oh, we no, can't miss totally out on this, man. Come on, that's, that's true. What's matter with he, you? I mean, even if he crosses them in the street, and you're like, oh, that's the dad from. Then even then, you're like, oh my god, because it's signaling to you that this is the same universe. That's. I mean, now he can literally do stuff in his movies where, if you see someone from another movie, you will be okay knowing that it's in the same universe as, as whatever Jordan Peele movie it is. Yeah, I have no idea what the stories he's going to provide for us are going to be in this one in Twilight Zone. But what if you're watching Twilight Zone and it has to do with a family and they're at a dance class and their daughter's in a dance class or son is in a dance class and you just see a young Adelaide, Adelaide rather. Oh, dude, I, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I will scream. I will. Everyone in America will that's seen the movie. Yeah, they will lose their minds, dude, because now it's over. Yeah, because now you're thinking, wait, if what if he doesn't show up for the rest of the show? Then you're always looking around the corner being like, wait a minute. Like, what's happening here, though? Is she coming? Is something going to happen? Is a so you're always wondering, like he could do that. No problem. And he dude, might. That's a problem. Who knows? He might. He might. He totally might. You have so, brought up something earlier. You've said this a couple of times. I'm going to go ahead and weigh in on this now. You have called his work genius. Genius, dude. Did you think that before Get Out? No. I thought no, it was I very thought, creative. Yes. I thought it was Amazing. something that we haven't seen before, and it was obviously yes. a very important movie. Yes. But it could have been a one-off. Totally. That's what I thought. I'm like, Total fluke, it right? It could be. Yes, because... 
like they say about like even your first albums, your first album was 40 years in the making. It's that second one that's going to be a beast. Get Out was years in the making because you yes. had years to think on it. The next movie, though, you're like, you kind of have a year and a half and some change to kind of get that together. Yeah. Bruh. Jordan yeah. Peele did not fall into the sophomore slump. Holy crap, dude. For the poster alone. The poster's scary as hell. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, dude, Lupita's eyes, for someone that Holy is so beautiful, crap. she has the scariest damn eyes. And I think that he, could I be wrong? Is there a theme going on? Because Daniel Kaluuya has very prominent eyes as well. Yes, yes. Piercing eyes, as mm-hmm. does Lupita. Do you think this is a theme or a complete coincidence? Seriously. I, I think he looks for that. Just yeah. like Homegirl that kept, was saying, no, 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 no. She was acting a lot with her eyes. It's a thing for Jordan Peele. For sure. It's a thing where, and it makes total sense because he's like, then I don't have to worry about what the rest of your face is doing. Your eyes are saying enough. I And that, what Lupita did with her eyes, dude, I mean, I mean, she, it looked like a different character. And what, I don't do that, it didn't seem like they had makeup. Like a lot of it, there was a lot of makeup, a lot of shading, shadowing, on their, particularly on I'm Zora's like, doppelganger. Like, like I'm saying, like uh, prosthetic makeup, like making them scary. No, nothing like Do that. You think nothing like raising the cheekbones up or anything like that. I think it was just shading, shadowing. I noticed it the most with Zora, the girl. The yes, girl. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, getting back to what I was saying, I know I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that Jordan Peele is a genius. I think this movie, I'm telling you straight up, folks, I love this movie more than I thought I was going to. I was looking online at first and I was trying to like, yeah. I was getting a lot of like, don't believe the hype. This movie's boring uh-huh. and all this shit. And you know what? I see it coming from all over the place. I didn't really want to do that. Once I started seeing that kind of thing, I'm like, I'm going to stop and I'm just going to yeah. see this for what it is. I don't know what these people are talking about. If they've even seen dude, the damn movie. Dude. I don't know. Is this just trolling that's going on? Everyone has a difference of opinion, of course, but you can't call this movie a terrible movie. It's too intricate. Okay, here's the thing. Dan, were you surprised when it turns out Elizabeth Moss had a doppelganger? I didn't think they were going there. I thought it only were for some reason for this family, and that's it. But then when they went over there and they saw like people started just and remember, they didn't even really introduce the they just started killing the twin girls in the red started killing. Right. I said, oh, oh, this is a he doesn't even wait for you to process it. He's like, oh, by the way, it's happening over there, too. And you're like, Wait, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what now? You're like, what's happening? It's not even processable. He just is like, no, we're moving. Let's go. There's no sneaking around the building. Nope. The twins just show up and kill the other twins. Next question. Yeah, to answer your question, I was surprised because I thought that what we were getting was going to be something a little more intimate. Totally. Say like The Strangers. Yes. This is a totally. home invasion movie. That's what mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. And we were going to figure out what it was. I thought we were going for more of a psychological thing. Yep. Seeing the the darkness that we each have, our other halves, mm-hmm. you know, something like that and figuring out how it all works in the end and what we end up getting is something that's much more on a i don't know if it's a global scale but this is a mass project that has been in the works for years as she put it yes and and the weird thing is i love how jordan peele just said there is no alternate weird meaning in my in this movie it is a horror movie terror that's it and so when people are putting i love to put oh maybe it's a analogy for he's just like there is none 
This is just imagine this happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's hor that's a horrible like a horrific thing for me. Just imagining this happening, that's enough. I don't need to analogize analogize it into some weird. No. This is enough like finding out and the thing is like now now we can start um like what I was thinking in the beginning. So now that I I know the ending why didn't I wonder why Lupita was so scared to go to Santa Cruz? I should have been wondering that from the beginning. And now I want, now and knowing the end, I'm like, why didn't I wonder that from Jump? There's a reason she doesn't want to go. Why didn't I wonder that? Maybe just, just because that you, the, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, maybe it's because when you went into the movie, you weren't expecting to have to get this intricate with it. You weren't have to, you weren't having true. to expect to, I mean, we, he's already shown with Get Out that he's, he doesn't show all of his cards at That's the beginning. Totally true, so in this totally one, you're just true. trying to take it in. Yep, it's true. But like I said, man, when you go back and you watch this movie again, it's so fun. It was much more fun. I enjoyed it much more the second time because I was able to see it from the uh, oblivious standpoint. Like I went in the first time, but I also am now able to see it with the eyes of knowing what's coming and looking for all of the little Easter eggs and things like that. And believe me guys, there's plenty of them. The number 1111 comes up in this movie several times and I'm still not entirely sure what it means. I didn't see, I only saw it once, one time. And then, okay, here's what, what got me. One time the 11, I said, that's weird. And then it happened. Oh no, I saw it again. And then I saw that Frisbee slanting on the dot. And I said, okay, these are coincidences. And again, not until the end did I look back and be like, Oh my God, everything was lining up perfectly. Like the, them getting, cl the closer they got to Santa Cruz, the more these coincidences were happening. Right. I said, okay, he's working at a level. <laughs> he is working at a level, dude. That is so insane to me. Cause I was like, who thinks of that? Who thinks of the Frisbee landing on the dot, dude? And I don't know what that means. Did you, do you have anything on that? Because that's something I'm glad you brought up. I remember watching it last night going, damn it, I got to remember to bring this up. And I probably would have forgotten. What, the Frisbee? Yes. Did you get any significance from that? Uh, because, uh, like, that's a coincidence. Like, the the chances of the Frisbee lying. Landing uh, perfectly like, on the like, circle. Perfectly on that circle. The coincidence is too much. And that on top of the 1111, all these things keep on lining up. And she's like, this is not good. This is not good. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is a series of insane coincidences. Everything's lining up for us, for this thing to happen. Now on Everything's the podcast, Steve, they were talking about this exact thing. The podcaster was asking Jordan Peele, so these coincidences, were they meant to sort of happen? Like, are they directly proportional to her location of Santa Cruz, her distance from Santa Cruz? And he was like saying, well... You could see it that way. Again, guys, paraphrasing. But he's saying, you know, you could see it this way. But at the same time, you got to remember that this was something that was meant to happen over a span of years. It's been planned for a span of years. So he kind of gave the insight that, you know, because think about it. The people below control the people above, right? The, I thought the people above control the people below. I don't think so. And that's why we maybe we should talk about this because let's let's get the yes. confusion out of the way. But real quick before I say that, there's a control thing going on where one does one operates the other, depending on if it's above yes. or below, right? So mm -hmm. he was saying that Red, who was Adelaide, spoilers, 
may have just been planning this to work with her next trip because it was an annual thing that they did. Yes. They had a vacation home. I think it was her mom's home, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you mean the family, like her below, not everyone below, just them below. Well, only because Red was the one that was. Yes. She was kind of like their their leader. This is a very cult thing. Oh, totally. Well, the thing is, Red, she actually is supposed to be controlling the bottom, but she is a top that's on the bottom. Exactly. So, yes, she's she is her specifically. Yeah, is controlling the ones up top, which is another freaking crazy. So this is just my theory and it's very loose because I'm still trying to figure this damn movie out. But I'm thinking because young Adelaide who was switched Mm -hmm. as a young girl has been down there for so long. She even says at one point at the end that she had this realization where it was almost like she was talked to by God. God touched her and gave her that was so creepy. Yeah. And gave her like you know, the sign that she was different than the rest of them and, and also let the rest of the underground, what did he call it? The, oh, damn it, I can't remember. He actually had tethered. a name for it. No, the tethered, tethered. yes. But he called yeah. it the 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 labyrinth below. I think he called it the, uh, it was something like the lower deck or something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but he has a name for it. So I'm thinking that because she knew, once she found out, she had this realization that she was uh, for sake, she's special. Let's just say special. Yes. She was She's able like to kind of manipulate things. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was able to sort of plan for these things because she knows what the other one is doing. Totally. Totally. And sh- she was a sentient down there. Yes. She was like a sentient saying, and they'd all recognize. And the thing is, for it to go the way she wanted it to go, it the planning, and it showed her planning, it had to go perfectly. Like she had to have a, not only a game plan for a certain day, but it had to make sure that everyone was ready for that certain day. And I'm like, oh yeah, I would be, especially considering I was switched, I would be ready to kill too. I would say, no, this is not happening. We are, we are, we are making sure that this, this ends tonight for everyone. And dude. The mind that has to come up with this idea and the mind that is able to shoot this idea so that we understand what, because you, you like Dan having this idea in his head, how do you explain it to Steve to make it make sense? There's That's a hard. lot of conversations going on. <laughs> I don't think it's just one particular conversation. <laughs> exactly. You'd have to be like, no, no, no. But like the tethered, I'd be like, dude, I don't, What? And then to put it on screen so that we're able to get as horrified by this as it is in Jordan Peele's head is a freaking masterpiece. And you want to know something? I think this is just more than a big plan that he has. I feel this is a a big passion project for him. And the reason that I say that is on that podcast, he was talking about how when he was very young, he's had Mm -hmm. since he was very young, rather, he has had this fear of doppelgangers. And he used to be like a train station. You got to picture this one. Picture, uh, guys, just for the reference point, picture Infinity Wars when we see Captain America when he first enters that train scene. Oh, bro. So that was such used a... To, oh, I'm sorry. Go it's, <laughs> calm down, Steve. <laughs> Stay focused, sir. <laughs> we have all next month to talk about that one. Um, but what he was saying, if you know what I'm talking about, where he's seen the captain yes. across the train tracks, Jordan yeah, Peele used to have a fear of 
having a train go by and then seeing himself looking at him from across the train tracks. Dan, I would lose my crap. Right. Why would a kid have that fear? Why? Right. And then he said that when he started to work on this movie, he will, let's take it a little bit further. What about, I don't think I've ever seen a family of doppelgangers. Dude. So it just kind of grew from there. So I think this thing has been with him for so long. That's why this movie's so good. Maybe that's why it's, Get Out was so good because he already had the narrative for it. This is a passion project, man. Totally makes sense because especially him being in the Hollywood scene, yeah. he's run into people that talk like Get Out. He's like, oh, every time I come in and I'm the only brother there and everybody's like, oh, well, look at you here in this Hollywood party. He's like, it feels like I'm like, I get why he would say, what if they're just here to like sell me in and like take my idea and just put it in another person's head, which makes, I mean, that even gets deeper into the Hollywood thing. I get it. But this thing, what now you saying that seeing your doppelganger from across the street, scary, that is a by itself, dude, it is scary. And then for him, because you're right. When it begins, you only see the shadow of this group. Just like in his fear, we see the shadow of a family. And they're like, what the crap is that? Dude, what a great way to introduce it. Yeah. Like when, okay, did it not freak you out when they all split up and started running separate ways? I wish they wouldn't have shown that in the trailer. If I'd have seen that without knowing it was coming in the theater. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like it's a huge, it's almost a jump scare. Dude, and I wish I would have seen it like that uh, podcast, uh, Kanata saw it without even knowing that there was a family involved. I don't know how he does I said, it. dude, but the thing is, imagine having watched this movie that way. <laughs> I would have been like, wait, what? But the thing is, I might have been wetting one step behind for the whole movie. Being that I kind of knew the, the kind of knew the idea, it kept me in sync with the movie. Otherwise, I might have been behind the whole time. Still trying to catch up to, oh my God, this is a family that's... But since I knew that was coming, now it's me trying to figure out, okay, what's happening? And I love the fact that the guy, he was the weak sauce cat in this movie. The husband was the weak link. Gabriel was his name, Gabe. Mm -hmm. And he was almost a, almost comic relief in the movie. Yes. You know, he was great. I loved him. But yes, this movie belongs to Lupita and actually Zora. I, I, and I'm throwing the names around. So, you know, let me just do that real quick just so we can kind of, if we go back and yes, forth. So Lupita yes. Nyong'o plays Adelaide Wilson. She also plays Red in the movie. Winston Duke plays Gabe Wilson and his doppelganger's name is Abraham. We have Shahadi Wright Joseph who plays Zora Wilson and her character is Umbre. And then Evan Alex who plays Jason Wilson who is Pluto. Two more real quick. We've got Elizabeth Moss, who plays Kitty Tyler, doppelganger Dahlia, mm -hmm. and then Tim Heidecker, who plays Josh Tyler, who is Tex. There, we've established that Fantastic. part. Fantastic. And let me tell you, the, what I loved about Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss's character, is the fact that she, okay, like, when she is meeting with Lupita, A, are we to assume, because you've seen it again, didn't it seem like that was the first time they ever met? Yes and no. Good question. Because when I first saw it, it, they kind of established that they have seen each other before because she said something like, uh, you know, when they were kind of bickering at each other, when, um, Oh, you got a little work done when Kitty and Josh. Yes. That yeah, you know, when yeah, Kitty yeah, and yeah. Josh were, were, um, bickering with each other. He's like, uh, 
You know, she was, they were talking like they've had this conversation before. Yes. And then of yes. course, like you said, you got a little bit of work done. So yes. But then she makes the comment of, she's like, are you okay? You good? And she's like, oh, I just have problems talking. She didn't say I have a problem yes. talking with you. She didn't say she was just, I have problems talking. But yes, so, it does kind of give that weird unfamiliarity thing. Like, like they've never met before, but really I don't think that's an issue because as we've come to know, the switch happened a long time ago. Yes. So I'm wondering I'm if it's maybe just more of a distraction for her. She has these odd feelings, these um, uncomfortable feelings, these uneasy feelings, because she's yes. now in a place where she knows all of this took place. Maybe is it guilt? Um, it would. It, it's either that or Jordan Peele's trying to uh, tell us that they have never been left alone to talk to each other. Maybe so. It's always been a group thing, and now that they're alone, and she's trying to make conversation. Lupita's like, oh, I don't really talk like that. So it's always been like a group dynamic. And now that they're alone, yeah, you kind of, because it is different if you're with a group of friends with a group of friends, as opposed to, hey, Dan, I'll be back. I'm going to leave you with a buddy of mine. And now you guys are like, oh, we have nothing to talk about. I didn't know that. I thought we all, no, it was because we were all in groups. So I don't know if he's trying to establish that, that, oh, this is the first time they've been alone together. Maybe Adelaide always let Gabe get in the driver's seat. And yes. she just kind of answered yes and, and agreed to things as opposed to start, you know, being the one that starts the conversation. She was probably never the center of attention. She strikes me. Totally. To and also, it, it, it also struck me in this movie that I believe, I believe that um, Adelaide began to think that it was all a dream. She began to think maybe it didn't happen. Maybe I'm bugging. Until things started happening. Well, they say people and block the, things out. Yes. And so she's like, maybe it didn't. Maybe I'm bugging. Maybe it all is true. But then things start, when, when that Frisbee hit, game changer. Like at first she thought these were, you know, different things were coincidences. But when that Frisbee hit, she's like, oh boy, this is, this is a bad situation. But I think she almost were like, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm just, this whole thing is ridiculous. Which I would do too. If you think that something happened and you get shades of it in the back of your brain, then like, I could have sworn this thing happened. But once it starts going, you're like, oh, no, it did happen. And here's where it happened. And again, I bet if I watched it again, I would be like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? I think what you're saying is a pretty good assumption. But I also think that it's left for interpretation because... She does tell Gabriel in the room, the bedroom, and she's like, she tells him the story. Like, this is why I'm uncomfortable. So many years ago, I walked into a fun house in Santa Cruz. I got lost in this place and I encountered my doppelganger. And then she just sort of stops and she was like, I feel like she's coming for me. So maybe she did block it out. But again, directly proportional to her distance to Santa Cruz. Yeah. And the fact that Red is planning something. Maybe it's just all starting to become this realization. She knows, like, she just has this this unexplainable uneasiness about things because her doppelganger is planning something. And also we have to understand that this whole, th okay, this is just my opinion. This is what I brought out of it is uh, during the course of the movie, they said we have everything but a soul, right? Right. So this whole act that Adelaide's putting on is not real. She's acting the way she's been trained to act as human. That's why at the end, when she looks at her son, it breaks where she's like, oh no, this is all an act. I have no soul. That woman had a soul. I don't. And that made me freak out. I think that Red actually said that they had they had to share a soul. 
They could duplicate the body, but they couldn't duplicate the soul, so they have to share the soul, therefore creating the tether. Oh, that would make more sense. Just my take. I thought she said we could duplicate everything but a soul. Yeah, that's what she said, but they had to share it. She said some wording that they had to share the soul. Oh, so they... So they're they're saying that the tethered had souls. They had to share the souls, and this was like her take on it. She's because she basically goes, "I think this is what happened." Oh, I see, believe I that thought. the government. What she'd say was, "I believe okay. the government had gotten involved and figured out a way to essentially clone humans, but they could not clone the soul." And the reason that they cloned the humans was to control the people up top. See, that makes, because I think for me, when they, when she said it cloned the soul, I'm like, they couldn't clone the soul. That would mean that whatever was taken from that thing, they couldn't, in my brain, in how I took it, I was just like, well, then Adelaide has no soul, which is why that face at the end was like, oh, it's her cracking. He's like, yeah, I'm doing, this is all fake. I'm doing what I think. There's definitely cracking going on in this, Steve. You're absolutely right about that. I was going to talk about that. She starts biting. Yes. I was like. Oh my God. And there's a scene where she takes out Kitty's doppelganger, Dahlia. No, no, no. Yes. I'm sorry. It was one of the Wait, daughters that she takes out. Remember the, the, Oh Zora, yeah. And she's, yes. And Zora the throws one over and then like, she, yeah, she's not dead. She yeah. takes this one out again with the scissors and she's like, <clears throat> she starts doing these crazy, yeah. like growls and things like that. So yeah, that's that. I think that was a good foreshadowing of, Oh, this isn't her. This is not. Her. And then when she, uh, when she approaches her, the doppelganger daughter in the tree. Yeah. She doesn't want her to die because she is connected with her. Yeah. She's like, she's, just, she's trying to soothe her. She's that's like, her daughter. Sh- that's sh- technically like, it's not her daughter, but she's like, Oh no, this is one of us. Like I'm one of them. Right. She this felt is, the connection. And so, yes. And I was like, and even then I didn't understand. Gee, I just thought she was having a motherly connection. This, I mean, cause if I saw someone that looked identical to Maj, I would try to comfort that thing too. If it was dying, because it looks like my son. It would be like watching your own die. Exactly. So I'm like, Oh, this is why Jordan Peele played that. So what? Cause he knew that's what we'd think. You're just going to think she's connecting with it until you rewatch it or rethink it. And you're like, oh, my God. Even when Pluto walks into the fire, she was screaming like, don't, no, don't. And I'm like, oh, this is like a motherly thing happening. No, it was not because she was the only one feeling it. The other people didn't feel this. Yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't catch it. And I have questions <laughs> about Pluto. I'm not ready to ask that question yet because I want to touch okay. on one thing before we get too far. So if of I may. Course. Let's go back to the very beginning, okay? It's 1986, okay. the very uh-huh. opening scene, and we're watching young Adelaide watch a commercial about Hands Across America. Yes. In that scene, she's watching the commercial, and she's seeing a reflection of herself in the television, which is another thing that they talked about on the podcast, how, A, it's an impossible shot because you'd see the camera. They had to do a little bit of movie magic to make that work, but there's definitely representation there as well. She's yeah. looking at herself through this here. So- Getting to the point where she's actually abducted, she now has this uh, only a few things left to hold on to because her mm-hmm. her the shirt that her parents bought her or won for her, which was that thriller shirt. Nice throwback, by which, the way. Which was a little bit of a thing. Now that's a thing. Yeah. Did, did you go, ooh, when you saw it? <laughs> I No, you know what the funny thing is? I'm still not there yet. Oh. I mean, honestly, neither am I, like but yet. it's in the back yeah, of my it head. It hit me like that. 
Oh, for sure. Like, I knew that they were going to... Winston Duke already said something about it. Right. Yeah. And so, but yeah, that's a throwback shirt. I remember that shirt, dude. Yeah. I think I had the shirt. You were a little bit young. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was totally young. I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. But getting back to the Hands Across America thing, when she is left there and, you know, ready to start her new life, that's one of the, maybe possibly the only thing that she had to kind of focus on. So that becomes the center of her whole world. And this is where she, this is what stems into creating this movement, this mass Mm -hmm. movement that she has to organize, which she said took years to plan. Mm -hmm. So hands across America. That's what I wanted to focus on for just a second, because you had brought up the family. The first time we see the family of doppelgangers in the driveway. Do you notice their formation? Oh, are they, are they hand in hand? They're hand in hand. I did not notice that. I thought they were standing next to each other. Right. Oh, interesting. And, oh God, what was his name? Not Abraham. Uh, uh, the guy that the Jeremiah guy, the homeless Jeremiah guy that's on the beach. When she first, oh yeah, sees, with the eleven eleven. Yes, yeah. when she first sees the eleven eleven guy, the young version of him, he's like looking at her, and I don't think that really is meant for. I don't think he was like acknowledging her or anything like that, other than just actually seeing her walk by, right? But yes. when she goes back and they're in Santa Cruz and they see the the older version of that guy who has now been murdered being taken mm-hmm. away in the ambulance and he's got the Jeremiah 1111 sign. Yes. You know, she notices that you can tell it's on her register. And then when Jason takes off and he goes near the house of mirrors. Okay. This is where, this is where I think it all starts to sort of work together and, and shows us what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He sees this 1111 guy, the doppelganger version of him standing outside of the house of mirrors with his hands stretched out as if to take hands. Like he's waiting yes. for hands to lock, right? And he's yes. got the blood dripping from his gloved hand, which mm-hmm. tells me that he killed his doppelganger. That the guy. normal guy, if you will. Let's just, I don't yes. want to say normal, but the, the one from above, he kills him. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking to myself, this formation thing is obviously a significant because they're all, it's like they're, uh, again, they're kind of like a cult. So when they see this, this is like some kind of symbolism, right? But yes. do you think that when he killed his doppelganger, and he goes out to the beach and he just puts his hands out like that. Do you think that each time a doppelganger kills someone, like in other words, do you think it's a doppelganger's mission to kill their doppelganger and and then then take their place? Oh my gosh. Because probably because there's some news footage towards the end of the movie where they, uh, it shows a camera guy and he's like panning around the corner of this car. He sees, he's like, there's a big line of people. Right. And you see this one guy killing another person. Kills mm-hmm. the person and then he walks into the line and they open up and they let him in. Dude, there's then that, that's exactly what it is. Exactly. And that makes it even more scary when you see the last shot of all those people. Right. That means every single one of them killed their doppelganger. Right. And here's the yeah. other thing about that uh, Elizabeth Moss doppelganger, Dahlia. It's hard to get all the names. I'm, so, I'm just trying to remember the, the actors. The uh, Dahlia, Elizabeth Moss doppelganger, right? Mm hmm. Matter of fact, that entire family, when they go and they kill the people from above, their their doppelgangers, it's like boom, 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 and they kill them super quickly, right? Be- yeah, because only because they weren't ready like Lupita was. Only because that's that's the case. But Steve, that's also happening all around. Like they said in the footage of, on the news, they're like, well, I don't know, mm-hmm. people started coming from the sewers and they just started stabbing everybody and everything, yes. right? Yes. So. Red is very specific when she's explaining her the reason that they're there at the at the mm-hmm. uh, their house that mm-hmm. they were going to take. She says, "What do you want?" She said something like, "To take our time." She was going to make sure this is a revenge thing. 
Yes. Because of all of the suffering, when she tells that story of what she had to go through, the haves and the have-nots, the young, mm-hmm. the young version getting presents at Christmas time that were soft and cuddly, whereas the shadow, as she put it, had to have toys that were sharp and cut her hands. And when she ate dinner, she had warm dinner that was served to her that was tasty. And the shadow had to eat raw rabbit. Yeah. So she's bitter about this shit because she was... She knew what she was missing in the first place. And Lupita's the, Lupita or uh, Adelaide's the eye of the storm. Yes. She's the one that he almost put this all this thing in motion for her. Right. He's like, you are the person. Right. So what I was saying is, before I get too far away from it, is that I think that because she was sentient and, the you know, obviously the most intelligent out of all of them, the leader of the entire coup, I think she. this was just a revenge thing. She was going to make sure and take her time with this to get her satisfaction before she actually ends up acting out her entire plan. Whereas the other ones are not quite so bright. <laughs> They're just like, you know what? That's just, true. Just kill your people and get in line. That's true. Yes. I agree. Totally agree. That's just a theory I was thinking when I watched it. Like, I, I'm thinking that that's what it is. They are. Assi- they are... They have a mission to kill their doppelganger and then get in line. I don't know where the Hands Across America thing comes in, what the big plan is for that. And if it's Hands Across America that she's been so focused on over the years, is this just an American thing? Because when she goes, who are you? She says, we're Americans. Well, then it has to be Amer- Well, and the, and the problem with that is, then where do you go from there? Because Mexico, apparently, because <laughs> that's where she wanted to go. Here's the thing. Here's the problem. If... And I mind you, this is another universe, probably, I imagine, as far as we have to the suspicion of disbelief. But in all reality, even if you do a hands across America, all it takes is a few F-15s and it's over. This is assuming that the um this is assuming the tether didn't take all the army catch too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're assuming that that didn't happen. There's still a bunch we don't know. That's a lot we don't know because we, we're like, I'm assuming, oh, because Santa Cruz has all these tunnels underneath it. I'm like, well, so does New York. So it is everywhere. Yeah, it's at the United States. The United States. So if they take over an army base, there are no F-15s coming, dog. They're, the backup is nowhere. Right. That's scary. That is very scary, dude. So is this Red's way of organizing some type of a movement to completely eradicate the people of above, at least in the United States. I don't know where they go from there. Maybe it's just their time. Like we have, we've suffered long enough. We've eaten enough rabbit. We're done with that shit. It's time to come to the surface and and claim what's ours. I would think that if, here's what I, in my head, if America got taken over by these reds, I don't know if other countries would come in and do anything. If there's only America that this is happening to, I don't know what other countries do. They're like, well, I don't know what the heck is going on over there. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. You know, they like, what it's not like, oh, well, we're gonna get back up from wherever. Cause they're like, we we don't even know. They look like normal people to us. You know what I'm saying? The president looks like the president in red clothes to me. I don't know what we're supposed to do. And once Adelaide's able to teach people to act normal, that is a problem. Where people are just acting normal, that's Bro, you know how many different ways this can go? Yeah, and I think that's completely intentional. I think that's there lies the genius. Oh, dude. It's 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 a um not only is it a good it like for me, I love how they made it a thing where well, like the kids they kill. The kids kill immediately. There is no uh, restraint. 
And it shows you, A, when it comes down, when the crap hits the fan, you will do what you have to do. You're not that far off from the people below. You're far, but you're not that far off. We're all killing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, and then how uh, Winston Duke kills Abraham. That was pretty gruesome. That was awesome. We're, we're all killers, bro. When it comes down to it, we are all killers. Right. And that's what I was thinking originally, even though I didn't know that part existed yet. That's what I was thinking that this movie was going to be about. Again, the dark side of each of everyone. Everyone has yes. that dark side. We totally do. You know, I was thinking something else, though. Getting back to what I was saying about how the doppelganger is essentially assigned to kill their doppelganger and then get in line. There yeah. are some variations there. For instance, when Zora is running away from Umbre and yes. she's they're doing that car scene where she's on one side of the car and she's looking at her and then she dives under the car and then she ends up on top and everything. And then that neighbor comes out and he's like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Get over here. She kills him. Yeah. So maybe there maybe there's it's not as uh, cut and dry as I'm thinking. Or maybe they can just do that because that's the savage in them. And but then. I don't know how it works. You know, like, what's the rule? Well, I killed your guy, so you got to kill someone else's yeah. guy. I don't know I th- how that I works. think, in my opinion, I think it's one of those things where you, if if I if my job is to kill my doppelganger, well, then I'm getting rid of anything that's in the way of me doing that. Yeah, could be as simple as that. Yeah, and he was in the way. So she's like, done with him. And then remember, she went right back to following her. She didn't go to other people's houses. They're like, you're in my way. I killed you. Now I got to go back to what I was originally trying to do. So yeah, just don't get in their way, I guess is the, is the, once you kill, here's my thing. The way that I would survive, I imagine, is killing my doppelganger and just not doing anything else. I'd be like, well, I did what I needed to do. No one's coming after me, which is a shame, <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame. But like, who else? Because the only other people that they killed was um uh was people that were uh like Elizabeth Moss and that was because they were getting in the way of them having to do the next part of their mission which is we need to go hold hands now we got to go we got to go do this thing they didn't i mean cuz technically that those group of people could just ravage every house they wanted to down the lane and i just don't think that that was what the point was like you said their point is to kill and then attach their the, then hold hands across america yeah I which mean, again, wild, it's, it's just speculation. Yes. Which he wants. We At the end of the movie, we do see the streets are empty and littered with corpses yes. all over the place. So did yes. they do their job? Is this just a random killing? Just kill as many as you can from above and get in line? I don't know, man. And I think that that's something that's intentionally. I don't think we're going to find that answer. At no. least this dumb and- guy's not going to find that answer. I think it's going to come later on if we ever get it at all. It's in Jordan Peele's head. And even yeah, he might be there. like, no, there's some questions that I just. I, I, you know, there's a lot of questions that are open that maybe I won't answer, but in the, in his head is an idea for another, for another, uh, possibility. And would we, can we say that this is the seminal Santa Cruz horror story? Yeah, man. I think that it used to be lost boys. <laughs> I don't think that's it anymore. Apparently this is freaking people out. I don't know. I think that's a little lame to be quite honest with you that they, I'm too freaked out to go to Santa Cruz. If anything, I think this is fantastic for Santa Cruz. Oh, it's going to be huge. Well, here's the problem. I think Santa Cruz, if if I was the mayor of Santa Cruz, yesterday I'd get that set and put it up on the beach, the mirrors. I would do that yesterday. I'd be like, look, I want that house of mirrors on my beach. Because let me tell you something. 
people will come to that thing. Oh, they will be lined up to go in there. L- There's no question. I think, unfortunately, people aren't, uh, the people that are mayors are, their ear isn't exactly to the, to the street regarding how huge these things are. And they might do it. They might actually do it. They might be like, I wouldn't be surprised if we go to Santa Cruz one of these days and you see like a, hey, this is where us did that thing or like a poster of us because it is going to be a tourist thing where it's like, oh, this is where it happened. Oh my gosh, this is where they shot that thing. So I'm like, you know, it's a, I'm very, I would love to ask Jordan Peele, what made you choose, what made you choose uh, Santa Cruz? That is a great question. I would love to know that because there's a, they could have done Cayucas. They could have done a lot of other places, but why Santa Cruz? And so I would, and it might be as simple as Santa Cruz told them, we'll give you a tax break. It might be that simple. That's what I was going to say. It could just be like a tax break thing. Totally. But I would love to ask him. You know, what made you, and it might just, and it could also be like, A, look, A, we couldn't get Disneyland because Disneyland don't let people do that. And B, it's a place of wonder, love and all this. Oh, we're having a great fun time. And I turned it into this thing. You know, I turned it into this crazy thing. And some of it was filmed in LA, but it looked like Santa Cruz to me. But some of it was filmed in Los Angeles. I have a feeling the house set is in Los Angeles. I can tell you right now, actually, it's funny that you should bring that up. I was actually looking that up. So it says, uh, principal photography began July 30th, 2018 in Santa Cruz, California, including the Mm -hmm. Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Most of the film was shot in Los Angeles, and the main house featured is located in Pasadena. Yeah, it makes sense. Because, I mean, like, I mean, I imagine that it's, it's great to get that. You know, oh, look at the outside. And I notice a lot of movies do that. All the exterior shots are done in a certain place. And they're like, all right, let's build a set for these internal shots. But you could, I mean, I couldn't, like, it was seamless for me. It was seamless. Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. In my opinion, everything was shot in Santa Cruz. But, like, I, being that I'm familiar with Santa Cruz, I don't remember places like that in Santa Cruz. I was thinking it might have been like Aptos or like the New Brighton Beach area. With the wooded area too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because huh. if you ever go like, no, I don't, I don't know that area that well, even though I've been there yeah. several times. But like coming home, I know that you have to go through the hills. There's lots of hilly areas right yes, there. Yes, you do. Uh, where the mystery spot is, for instance. Yes, you do. So it's all close by. And they did have to drive there, even though, you know, really they can just do this anywhere. Um Remind me to get back to this, though. I have something that's probably going to make you want to get that CBS subscription even sooner. Go. <laughs> oh, before I go, also, yeah. um, I should have known something. He also did this thing to show you that she was a little different because she made, when they were saying, come on, clap on rhythm, she wasn't on rhythm. That's not a normal thing. Yes. Thank she you. Was, that's not a normal thing. And so we all, I, like me, right off the jump, I'm like, well, that's unfortunate. I noticed that in the trailer. But then I thought later on, I was like, oh, he's from an area where the police are supposed to be on time. So maybe she just lost her rhythm. <laughs> it could have just been that simple. No, there's something we're missing, man. There's something we're missing right there. Yeah, really quick, before we, before we go into that, let me just give you this one thing real quick, and then we can move along. So it says, uh, Peel has said that the inspiration for us was the Twilight Zone episode, Mirror Image. He just happens to be making the Twilight Zone. So getting back oh, to what we were dude. saying, G, it's very possible that he's going to drop something in there. He, and we well, might he not even to. realize it. It might be one of those things that only keen eyes are going to catch. I mean, is he writing every app? 
that or is I'm he not just sure. Over the whole, I think he's probably over the whole thing. Yeah, then I think again, he's probably like executive producer. Homeboy did it, so maybe he will. Who's homeboy? I forgot his name. Who's the guy that hosted it? He wrote all the episodes. Rod? No, not Rod Serling. Is it Rod Serling? Rod Serling, yeah, Rod Sterling. Is it Rod Sterling or Serling? Rod Sterling sounds like a porno name. I think it's Rod Serling. I'm going Sterling because I, it sounds like such a strong name. I'm Rod Sterling. And this is Rod, the Twilight Rod Zone. Sterling. <laughs> but he wrote all the episodes. So maybe uh, Key is, or I said Key, maybe Jordan's going to be like, I can do it too. But man, that's a big, that's all he did though. He, Jordan's doing other stuff. So... Oh God! When is it? When does it drop? When does uh, April first, Monday, oh, dude? Four. Dan, I can't. I think it's Monday. You're gonna buy the subscription? I think I might get it just because I want to see this. Dan, Dan, for one show, G. Oh wait, they have Star Trek too. I know that if I end up getting the subscription, I have to make it worth my money spent. You yeah. know, Star Trek. I heard Star Trek's good. I heard it's good too. That's what I. But that's what I heard. But dude, I'll take the Orville, man. Twilight. I'll take the Orville every time. I don't know, man. Well, uh, the Orville is right up our alley, though. Yeah. That's more up our alley. So I think for Trekkers, that's like really good. But I, I still haven't even. I'm waiting for all or Orville's done, right? So I could just binge it. There's a few more. You got oh, enough time. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So getting back to Jason. There's something going on there that I missed, and I, I'm trying to figure this out. Maybe you can help me figure this out, okay? So okay. from what I understand, like we said earlier, uh -huh. the people down below were created mm -hmm. to control the people up above. They even drop a little something in the beginning where Zora's in the car, and she's looking on her phone, and the, the car's quiet, and she's trying to start a conversation. And she says, did you know that the government puts fluoride into the water for mind control? That's not there yeah. just on accident. Okay. So... I don't know if fluoride will come in later. I mean, I know it's wonderful for your teeth and whatnot, but I'm just saying, I don't know if they're going to take that into a different area in the next movie or something, but I think it was there to get it into our head that that's a mind control thing. So that getting back to it, the people down below control the people up above. We've seen this happen as they're, they're mimicking being on the boardwalk and even mimicking being in a uh, roller coaster and whatnot as the people up above are doing their thing. Right. Okay. So, and then we've also established that the real red from below is now the one that's up top. And that's mm -hmm. how she controlled Adelaide. And this is how yeah. they all found out that she was special. Okay. Now, Zora and Gabriel do not have that ability to control their doppelganger. Okay. Jason, on the other hand, is able to take his mask off and the other one takes the mask off at the fire scene. He's the one that gets out of the car, puts his hands out. I'm sure that's still symbolic. And then walks into, or he walks backwards as Pluto walks into the fire. He's controlling that doppelganger, right? Yes. And at that same part, Pluto starts to snap on beat. So is Jason also from underground? One more thing before you answer that question. And they just gloss over it super quickly. There's the scene where Jason gets locked in the closet on accident. Not really on accident. Uh -huh. Zora kicks the, the uh, she's being a big sister and she kicks the truck out of the way. And then he gets locked in the closet, right? And he's mm -hmm. freaking out. And then 
once Adelaide comes and gets him out, she's like uh, behind her and she says, well, didn't this happen last year? Fast forward to the home invasion scene and they're forced to play together in that closet. Yes. And then he, Jason sneaks out and locks him in there. And now Pluto's freaking out. Yes. So I'm just wondering, do you think, because she said, didn't this happen to you last year? Is it possible that maybe last year he was switched? <sighs> because it's so glossed over, but it's there for a reason. She didn't just say, didn't this happen last year for nothing? Well, I think it was, remember, they were, she was insinuating that uh, the sister did it again last year before. Remember, because she kicked out the truck? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But I don't know yeah. if it was. That's what I got, because you can't, I don't know if they could literally deprogram someone in a year. True. And I like, thought that yeah. as well. Yeah. But and then so that still leaves the question of why is he able to control his doppelganger and the other two can't? See, what I got was the people up top, whatever they're doing, the people below are doing. But they're just doing it wild. Like they can't control. They have to do it because the people up top are doing it, which is why Adelaide, when she came. Otherwise, Adelaide would be doing. That's the reason the boy can control the boy is because, yeah, I somehow figured out a way where he is such a low level thing that he's still doing whatever I want to do. He has an end. And also, we still don't know about the control because otherwise Abraham would be doing what Winston was doing. Something is something Jordan Peele is not telling us about the control issue. Totally. Because it doesn't it doesn't just break when they get I mean, otherwise that means that there's something supernatural about the subways. And there is something supernatural about that area. He Has even mentions to. that. He says there is there uh, his word was magic. Supernatural and magic is what he said. There's totally. some form it's of magic going on. But the thing is, and I think this is the part where we're disagreeing. And I feel I could be wrong, man. I hope someone writes in and says, no, Dan, you were wrong on this. But I feel like I'm correct in this issue where I say that it's the it's the people below that are controlling the people up top. Again, going back to Red's speech when she's telling them about the once upon a time thing. Mm -hmm. And she says the girl met the man of her dreams mm -hmm. and the shadow was forced to marry. So if Red is truly the one from from up, from the bottom that moved up top, she's controlling mm -hmm. Adelaide. Adelaide had no choice but to marry that person and have kids. It was all shit that she didn't want to do. So I'm still of the strong opinion that Red is the one that's controlling Adelaide. But see, you're saying, you're saying Adelaide, you're saying Red met the man of her dreams or Adelaide met the man of her dreams? Just to kind of make sure that it doesn't, we don't get confused, okay? The yeah. doppelganger from below yes. essentially kidnapped Adelaide and switch places with her, yes. right? Yes. Uh -huh. Before any of that, just so you know where I'm going with this, before any of that, she was always being controlled by the doppelganger. Adelaide was always being controlled from the people below. This is my take on it. Okay. So once they did the switch, the control doesn't change. It's not a matter of location. It's a matter of how these people were cloned or constructed or whatever you want to call it. But she's still in control. So as she learns... You know, because she can't speak for a while and they, they, they're like, how can I get my daughter to speak? He's like, well, put her into dance and whatnot. As she's learning to speak, she's dancing. And as soon as the dancing kicks in at age 14, that's when Adelaide, the one that was switched from the beginning, the one that was originally up top, starts to dance down below. So that's what I'm getting at. She was always controlling the real Adelaide. It didn't matter her location from being below or up top. The people below control the people up top. See, and my the, see that the only reason that that breaks down for me is because 
The girl doesn't know ballet even exists. She's too young. The girl grew up and they put her in ballet classes, which makes the girl below start doing ballet. Right. But she, she was the so, one that was from below. She was always controlling the original person from up top. But see, remember, we, were, we just said that the subway is magic. So it must be a situation where once you're down there, things must change. I don't necessarily equate the subway or the, the tunnel system to being the magic. That's just there where they reside. The magic, as we're saying, is coming from this unknown government plan for mind control or, or whatever you want to call it. So you're saying Adelaide from up top. So you're saying, okay. It's confusing. So that's why I want to make here's sure. What I'm saying. I'm, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to say what Jordan put on the screen. Without looking anything into it. Okay. What Jordan put on the screen was the kid could control the red. He wanted to make that obvious. So I'm like, okay, he's showing that this is how the controls work. He's able to control them because you're seeing it in front of you. And so I'm like, okay, that's what he's putting on the screen. Now, if he changes it, I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, that's a switcheroo. But what he's showing is that, A, these people, it didn't go the other way. There was never a situation where Adelaide could somehow control Lupita or Lupita or Adelaide can somehow the, control Red or Red can control Lupita up there. What he showed was there's still a connection up here because of whatever these kids have, but this only goes one way. What this kid does, that Red does. Because the connection didn't break for some reason with them. And now we can see, okay, this is what happens when that connection doesn't break. For some reason, I feel like we're really close. We're, we're very parallel to what we're talking about. But then we get perpendicular towards the end. Because I, I still feel very strongly that it is the people that were created underground. I don't know. Because now you think about it this way. Like, when did that start? Because she does say for generations. This has mm -hmm. been going on, right? And then they just abandoned them because they said the experiment didn't work. So they abandoned yeah. all of those people. So for, for a certain point in time, I'm just imagining that when someone was born, and again, this is just in my head, there must have been some sort of plan set in place where we have doctors that are part of this government thing that are maybe taking mm -hmm. stem cells or something like that to clone these people. And then all of those people... From the time that this plan got set in place, those are the ones that are that can be controlled. I can see that. But in my brain, the only way this works is if I'm going about my normal life, driving, having fun, and someone is having to do the same thing in this subway because they can't see where I'm driving. They don't know where I'm driving. They can't see where I'm driving. Right. I can. They have to follow what I'm doing up there. And they're just like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it, which is making them go crazy. I don't know why I'm sitting at this table having lunch. The people upstairs do. I'm having lunch and having fun. They're not controlling the people up top. The people up top are going about their lives, but these unfortunate tethered people have to now do exactly what they're doing, which is would drive people crazy. I have to now walk into walls because this person upstairs is going on a long walk. I can't go on this long walk with them. I just have to run into these walls. Because yeah, but they're but they're simulating that much like they did in that little hallway with the roller coasters. They're not moving. It's not like you have a exactly. But they can't see where I'm going. How could they possibly know when I wake up? How could they see where I'm going to go? 
unless I'm the one controlling them. I know I have to get up out of bed and walk through the hall. They don't. I do. Then I pose this question to you. Yes. Why was it that she said that these people were created to control the people up top? I think here's the thing. I think they were created. If they were created to do that, something happened. Yeah, it failed. That's it why failed, they and I think it didn't happen. I think it actually messed up, and it was like it didn't work the way we planned. These people are being controlled by the people up top. From what we've seen on screen, from what we've seen on screen, the dude controlled the kid. I think you How, need to so catch whatever happened. I'm not saying I'm right, but I think you need to catch another viewing because I have a feeling that your opinion's going to change on that. I think, trust me, dude, you're going to see this from a different eye when you watch this. Oh, I know, again. but is the kid not going to be? Tra- is he not going to be controlled? Which kid are we talking about? We're talking about Jason? Is Pluto. Is Pluto not going to be controlled by Jason? I don't know what's going on with Pluto, which is why we started talking about this. I, I don't, I, again, I think this is intentional on Jordan Peele's part to not explain everything to us. It keeps us guessing. It keeps us scratching our heads as we're driving home talking about this movie. I think that's something that really, because again, the very, not the very last scene, but the second to last scene when they're driving away in the ambulance. Yes. Adelaide looks at Jason she turns mm-hmm. around and she looks at Jason and she kind of smiles at him and she has that sort of savage smile again. Like it's just, totally. it's just there. She didn't share that smile with her husband. She didn't share that smile with her daughter. It was just with Jason, and who coincidentally happens to be one of the people that can control the other doppelganger. There's something going on there. Well, the reason that he, remember, the reason that he freaked, like, is like, what is up with her is because, remember, he walked in on her doing that barking stuff. Like, what is up with my mom? I would freak out too. That's the second time he's seen her freak out. And he's looking at her like, what is up with her? Remember? Twice. He saw her barking at a homegirl at, or after she killed her, the daughter. Yes. And then he saw her when she, remember when she choked homegirl out? Yep. She cracked her neck. That's twice that he was like, what is up with her? Well, yeah, he would be freaked out by it. Remember? Cause he was looking at her like, what is up with you? You're not my mom that I knew all these years. So I get why he'd be like, she'd be like, yeah, you know, you have to know. And I think Jordan Peele purposely said, for sure, without a doubt, he's like, you guys are not going to have the answers. Yeah. He purposely did this. No yeah. question. No, it was masterful. Like, oh, totally did this. And, and here's the thing. I love that he did it. I love that I'm just like, oh, here it is. That I love that I can't be like, answer, done, forget. It. Nope. It's never going to be like that. If he never releases another one, we will never know what is going on. We just won't. He's a master at this. I guarantee there are whole dinner parties where everyone is talking about their theories about what is happening. And you you literally, if you have a dinner party of seven, all seven of them are going to have a different take on what's happening. And he will not explain it. He won't. We always talk about movies that do or didn't stick the landing, right? This movie has stuck the landing because it's done exactly what he wanted us to do, which is just in our, you know, in our personal experience. Now there's two guys behind a microphone trying to figure this shit out. People are talking about this movie all over the world right now. It's just, it's just insane how crazy this movie is. It's so here's another question before we, I mean, I know we're going to be running out of time here pretty soon, but I'm going to ask you a question. Get out or us. What's a better movie? Well, um, see, it's hard because Get Out was so surprising to me because it was Jordan Peele. I had never seen him direct anything. 
now this raises the bar of me saying, I know Jordan Peele's amazing. I know that, but it could have been a one-off. But it already starts at a, I know he's really good. Yeah. As far as a movie, I am giving it to us. Yeah, I'm giving it to yeah, us. Yeah, I'm right as there far with as a you. Movie. Yeah, I'm giving as far as a movie, I'm giving it to us because, I mean, there are there are parts in this movie where I had a reaction. I don't have a reaction during horror movies. I don't even jump. Me too. I had a visceral reaction in this movie. Yeah, I had visceral reactions. Yeah, so I give it to us. How about you? Uh, definitely, I'm I'm right I'm right there with you, man. When I walked cool. out of Get Out, I didn't have the what did I just watch? It was just like, oh, I see what they did yeah, there, and that was pretty totally. brilliant. That was yes. really brilliant. And then you start talking about all the symbolism and everything else that yes. goes on with this movie. This one, I'm still trying to put it together. After I, two I, viewings, I, two dude, days later, dude. I'm still trying to formulate what exactly is going on here, you know? And that is impressive to me because if we're calling this a horror movie, I say it constantly. There aren't a lot of horror movies out there that, I guess, I don't want to say scare because I wasn't scared during this movie. But it's um, that give me that reaction. Yes. Like the, you know, go, it hits me exactly with what they're trying to hit me with. And this movie did it. There are a couple scenes in this movie that actually gave me jumps yes. and gave me legitimate anxiety. One of those yes. scenes, and it has to do it, for me, home invasion is a really scary thing. I think it's probably scary for most people, but the scene where Gabriel goes outside mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, we, you want to get crazy. We can get crazy. And then they all do that thing where they all spread out. And Dude. then we have, Big ass Abraham walking towards him. That's scary in Ooh. itself, right? Yes. That's totally scary in itself. But then he closes the door. And he's like, yeah, I think we need to call the police. And then he locks the door. And then you hear. Dude, a big one, like boom. That scared me. That was just like, oh shit. Like this just got real, you know? <laughs> and then usually no, I don't have real. that kind of reaction in movies, but whatever, the way that worked, this movie hit its mark. That's all I'm trying to say. Like there's been a lot of movies. No I think this is a genuine horror movie. There are a lot of movies that call themselves that, but don't hit me that way. This one hit the mark, dude. It's a fantastic submission into the horror genre. And I think that we're really, really fortunate to have someone like Jordan Peele that's creating this awesome media and, and these, like his IP is just insane. Yes, I totally agree. I expect, and the thing is, he also has his ear to the, he has like ear to the grindstone because, or ear, ear to the street, because when he, I said the same thing when when she found that key in the rock. I was like, that's some white people junk. And he's like, oh, this freaking white. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. I was like, oh, he knew I was going to think that. And he's like, yeah, the key under the rock thing is not something I do. Yeah. He's like, because even when he's, he's like, what is that? What does he have? And I was like, because when he started using the key, Winston was fairly, like, surprised. Like, how does he have a key to that? Like that's not something that's even on my radar. Why? Yeah, who, who like think what? Like <laughs> and so I, and the key. I mean, dude, Peele, Jordan Peele. I agree with everything you said. I'm just not even going to restate it. Jordan Peele, we're glad to have him. I'm glad to have him. Us is amazing, incredible, hands down. Hey, one thing before we go, man, is that uh, you were mentioning last episode when we briefly talked about this that there are some genuinely funny parts in this movie. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of something like that. You have yes. this really intense scene going on, but then you got that's some white people shit going on or another scene. And I can't remember what he said, but it's when when Zora peeks behind the the ambulance and she sees in Santa Cruz, she sees all the people lined up. And he says something like, I know I'm not saying it right, but he he looks over and he's like, that's some zombie apocalypse shit. Or he says something like that. And, you know, yes. this is really intense scene going on. And she just looks, I'm like, 
dad, you're an idiot. You know, like there's just you're those dumb, little things. Yeah. Or when, again, when he says that you can have my boat, and she's like, nobody wants the boat. There are some genuinely funny things that he's Hilarious able to just sort part. of weave into it. And it doesn't break the stride of the I'm talking a lot of breaking stride these days for some reason, but it doesn't break the stride of the horror that's going on. It doesn't break that pattern. You don't get pulled out of it. It just, it just adds to it and just makes it that more, you know, that much more brilliant. Totally. I totally agree. Fantastic. We, we probably went a little bit longer than we said we were going to, but we could probably sit and talk about this movie for quite some time. I know that when we get off mic, we're going to go, shit, we should have said something. But this was our take on us. And that said, we need to give this a rating, Steve. So what do you want to go with? I'm giving this. Okay. Now, I first of all, everyone, this five out of five for me, as far as a movie, is a classic movie. As in theater going experience. Totally. Um, so I'm going to give this movie a um, damn. What do you want to go with? Uh, Bunny rabbit, scissors. What are we? What are we doing first of scissors. all? Scissors. Well, we'll give it gold scissors. Gold scissors. Okay. I'm gonna give this a four point five out of five. Okay, that's a really good rating, as we know. May mm-hmm. I ask why it didn't get the point five? Only because of what is in the point five pantheon. That's it. Um, like I could give a Netflix movie a five out of five and it doesn't really mean anything. Right. But a theater going experience, like we're talking my like Malcolm X, Mo Better Blues, uh, when Harry Met Sally stuff. And I haven't, American Werewolf in London. Like these are things that I'm going to watch endlessly for the rest of my life. I loved us. But I think um, since there were so many loose ends, I don't know how many times I could watch it and get something new out of it. So I got to get 4.5. That's fair. All right. I just wanted to know where you're coming from. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not going to be much of a difference for me because honestly, I'm going to go ahead and give this one 4.5 out of five golden scissors yes. too. And I think that's exactly it. I think it's the watchability. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch this movie several more times, but I'm talking, <laughs> sure. but that's going to be in recent times, like yes. over the next couple of months or whatever, when it comes out, I'm sure I'm, I'm definitely buying this movie. I want to get the get out us combo, maybe one day yes. a box set, but Am I going to be talking about us 40 years from now? Am I going to be alive 40 years from now? Fuck, I don't know. But I'm definitely not going to be talking about about this movie. It's possible, I guess. This movie is still marinating in my brain. And um, I don't know exactly how I'm going to feel about it, you know, 20 years from now. Let's go 20. Sounds fair. But uh, yeah, I think you're right on the... Right on the mark, dude. I think it's 4.5 out of 5 golden scissors for me. This movie was fantastic. I'm going to call it a masterpiece. Yes, a total an absolute masterpiece. masterpiece. And it was the yes. first horror movie in a very long time that was not only well shot and, and a, a nice big budget for it, and it just looked fantastic. It left me thinking. And that's how I yes. really judge my movies. Like if I'm, if I'm still thinking about a movie several days from now or from the time I see it, I know we have a winner, at least in my book. And this movie is a fucking winner. It is the best movie I've seen this year. It's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. For sure. And I love me some chicken. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for me. The next voice you're going to be hearing is from the incomparable man himself with the dulcet tones that every woman keeps on writing in, asking if he'll leave a message on her voicemail. We can't do that, but I love you and we will be seeing you soon. Peace out. But I would be happy to do that for a small fee. So we can talk after the show. You know how to hit me up. You want to get a hold of the heroes. Let's talk about that real quick, Steve. Hit us up. Everyone, one stop shop right here. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel. www.heroesofnoise.com. 
Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. That's all you need to know. Subscribe to our show. Tell your friends about our show. Go out today and tell five people about Heroes of Noise. That's what I'm asking you people to do. I'm glad that we got the chance to speak twice this week. I'm hoping that you enjoyed our review. Like I said, we could probably go on and on about it, but folks, people got to go to work. So with that, my name is Dan Ramirez. That is one of my best friends in the world right across from me. That is Steve Hudson. We are the Heroes of Noise. Ladies and gentlemen, we want you to take care of yourselves. We want you to be good to yourselves and be good to the people around you. With that, I say one more word. And you know what that word is? It's peace.